Hola, hola a todos. I hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Thank you for coming back to the podcast today for ELD Diva. Today is our episode four, numero cuatro, and we are going to be talking about positive. <laughs> Excuse me. We are going to be talking about that error that I just committed, but we are also going to be talking about toxic positivity in the teaching field and also working after hours. First of all, I want to say happy Mercury retrograde. I hope you all are um, doing things with time and expecting the worst and having just going with the flow, not even having solutions. I am actually pre-recording this um, episode because I know that it's Mercury retrograde. And if anything goes wrong, pues lo puedo hacer otra vez. You know what I mean? So yeah, just be cautious. Um, a lot of planets are in retrograde right now. And we just got to go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for that, I chose today's stone of the week is um, Velvet Mal Malachite. And I chose it because a Velvet Malachite helps a lot with transformation. And specifically for me, it helps me go with the flow of these transformations that I need to make. Perfect for Mercury retrograde. I'm not sure exactly if it's the stone specifically for Mercury retrograde, pero um, this lovely stone just works for me. And I have about, I want to say, three to four pieces of Velvet Malachite. Um, Malachite is one of my favorite stones. Um, so... Yeah, I love it. And you should check it out if you haven't. It's a wonderful, wonderful stone. Um, okay, so let's get started here. The podcast was inspired by many things. Many, many things. Um, I want to say the main inspiration of this podcast was um, the conversations between my partner and I, uh, Mr. Oreo, and other um, friends that are also educators. And um, just, you know, we talk a lot about how we love, 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 love our job as teachers, but we don't love what it kind of does to our mental health and what... Um, it's a job that um, it's kind of impossible to clock in and clock out. However, um, I have watched for many, many years now one of my favorite teacher YouTube channels, Pocketful of Primary, Michelle. I love her so much. Um, I honestly low-key aspire to be her because she teaches kids but not only teaches kids but she teaches teachers and she's been at conferences and she gives 
um, PDs and she's just amazing. I would love to meet her one day and I would love to like be her one day <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, that YouTube channel, um, helped me with kind of coincides with my episode today and also I was inspired by a recent Instagram post that was posted by at love teach repeat and these this is an Instagram account and um love teach repeat and pocketful of primary both identify as she so I will be referring to them in this episode as she um, so how this episode began is because my partner and I always joke around like, you know, um, teaching consumes our lives. And I mean, it's not really a joke because it's true, but, um, how like being a teacher is a lot and we always joke around with like friends that have like nine to five jobs. We're like, wow, isn't it nice just to like clock in and clock out? Like how, I don't know. I could never imagine my life go- being that way. Just showing up to a job, clocking in and clocking out. Like I think, I mean, I think that's wonderful. Just going into your job, clocking in, clocking out. Uh, but as teachers, sometimes, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, that's not true. You can't just go in and clock out. Um, maybe if you're a veteran teacher, but these two posts helped me, um, kind of conceptualize what, how we can become closer to, um, clocking in and clocking out for our contract hours. And that's honestly so amazing. And I wanted to share with all of you because, um, as I'm going to start my student teaching, I start to think about like, wow, I'm going to have all this work. I don't even know where to begin. I'm a new teacher, um, fresh out of grad school, um, fresh out of my master's degree, I have these pieces of paper that qualifies me to be a teacher. Um, but we all know it's different um, in university than it is in an actual classroom. Um, of course, I've been fortunate enough to be in classrooms as I am a substitute teacher, but not everybody has that experience. Um, So I wanted to talk about these points that they mentioned, um, and it kind of, when I was reading these posts, I was like, wow, I talk a lot about this with, you know, my partners and with my, with my partner and with my friends that are educators. And it was just so nice, um, watching it in a video or seeing it in a post and kind of raise awareness Um, instead of just keeping it like with my group of friends, um, now that I have this, oops, sorry, now that I have this platform, I can, um, you know, raise awareness and ultimately that is what this platform is all about. It's all about raising awareness in the teaching community, um, 
having the opportunity to be even more myself with, you know, tarot cards and crystals and all of my brujeria stuff that I love. And honestly, it's part of who I am. So I can't deny it. And um, this platform help, helps me express that. So I kind of want to share the love and spread awareness. So the first thing that I want to talk about in this podcast episode, which was inspired by Love Teach Repeat, is toxic positivity um, in the workplace. So um, as Demi Lovato said, it's okay not to be okay. And um, honestly, let's start applying that to teachers and let's stop pretending to be okay when we're not okay. Let's stop saying like, oh my gosh, um, I like, I don't know. Let's stop saying like, I can do everything and be realistic of what we can and cannot do. It's okay to say no um, if you know, if it's costing you your mental health, it's too expensive. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay not to be okay. And um, here are some few reasons um, that we can honestly change this. Um, because, you know, we're all about change here in this channel. Going back to the Velvet Malachi, all about change and transformation. Um, we want to go in knowing that, you know, um, and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, this is episode four, which is like new foundation, four represents, um, foundations and, um, kind of like the house structure of where you're living. So, um, wow, this, this kind of like, circles back so beautifully with the Velvet Malachi and the number four, how we're talking about change in the teaching community and how we can change toxic positivity into a, into um, doing what we were hired to do instead of just letting it consume our lives. Um, so talking about it's okay not to be okay, Many of you may know what toxic positivity is and many of you may not. And honestly, todo bien. It's all okay because I will explain it to you. So toxic positivity um, and shout out to my friend because um, Loki, she kind of inspired me to do this too. Like, there's just so much inspiration here in this video um, that I just want to shout out my loved ones. Um, she did not, she was, basically, she was having a hard time with um, school and her family. And I was telling her that, you know, some of the things she was saying was, like toxic positivity and I was like girlfriend like that's some toxic positivity like that needs to stop and she said she was like ALD diva what is toxic positivity so I'm here today to tell you that toxic positivity is um 
what it sounds like. It focuses on the positive, but it completely ignores the negative and it pushes away raw emotions that we're feeling such as um, anger, discomfort, and um, it pushes it away just by, by saying like, you know, that old school, like, oh, it could be worse or I have it worse or com- comparing struggle trauma and that's really disgusting and it needs to stop. Um, but basically, it pushes away raw emotion into like a quote-unquote positive outcome or positive thinking, which I'm all about positive thinking, but there's that fair line between one, between like capitalism and all that stuff. But like, like there's a fine line between being optimistic and being like realistic and showing your true emotions um a one big example that I can think of this and like pops off on the top of my head like todo mundo sabe esto when admin screams literally is telling us and this is like If it were a video, I would show you like the Spongebob meme where Spongebob like capitalizes one letter and lowercase is the other in the sentence. So I would do that with admin screaming self-care because we all know that admin tells us, oh, teach yourself care, do this, do that, meditate, do yoga. And if that helps you, because sometimes it does help me do you, but when it's toxic and for example, like when they tell us, oh, self-care and do this and do that, um, but actually give us extra responsibilities or makes, um, PDs or meetings into stuff that could have been written in an email. Yeah, that's toxic positivity. Like, um, you're telling me to self-care, yet you're putting a lot on my plate. Like, um, for example, my partner has to submit his lesson plans to his principal and like he has a due date or whatever. And um, like most admin, his principal is always like, oh, self-care, you know, just breathe. Um, but then you're giving me all these deadlines to complete, like, te estás contradeciendo, you know what I mean? Like, choose one or the other. Do you want me to have self-care or do you want to put more unrealistic um, responsibilities onto me that <laughs> honestly, like, Nada que ver, you know what I mean? So another example of this are um, like, oh, teachers are heroes. And uh, I mean, we are heroes. Don't get me wrong. We completely are heroes. But y'all need to pay us like we're heroes. Like, um, for example, um, when you're saying teachers, when and I'm saying y'all, I'm saying like not you personally, but I'm saying like the higher ups. Um, they need to start paying us. And instead of like saying like, oh, teachers are heroes and doing whatever, getting um, teachers appreciation week, which um, some principals do not even like acknowledge princ- um, teacher appreciation week and just do it into a day and like don't even 
anyway, that's that's another time. But um, like teachers are heroes. Yes, we're heroes. Pay us adequately for um, the degrees that we've earned for teaching children. You know what I mean? It's not easy teaching elementary, high school, middle school, whatever you teach. It's not easy. Trust me, anybody that has been in a classroom can tell you. And that's why I always laugh when like people tell me like, oh, teacher, being a teacher is easy, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, have you ever been into a classroom? The answer is no. Yeah, you can't say like, no digas nada because you're you're just making yourself look worse. You know what I mean? Like, cállate la boca. Like, anyway, I'm going on a rant. Let me let me stop. Um, but pay us for our labor, and also um, give us adequate materials to do our jobs. Honestly, teachers are expected to turn something into nothing and that's a superpower in itself but um if you're not giving me the adequate resources like how do you expect me to have an a1 level of teaching when you're supposed to provide me with all these things that you can't perfect example um my whole life i've been in a title one school and i've taught at title one schools um, and, uh, there's never, never any soap in the bathroom or there's like, if, for example, when I was in high school, there would never be toilet paper. Um, hello, that's your job to provide us with that. Especially now during COVID, I've been to a plethora amount of classrooms where they don't even have soap. And expect us to follow all these protocols. Like, honey, estás, estás soñando. Like, you're dreaming because how are you expecting me to, like, wash our hands and do this, this and that, this and that. Pero you can't even provide soap for us. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's toxic positivity saying we're heroes but you can't even provide us with the adequate support that we need um also like another big one is uh people saying you know stay positive do it for the kids and but they're really not digging deep into the issues that are really going on in the administrative level for example, um, yes, like teachers, we love teaching and learning. Um, we love everything about teaching, but that doesn't mean that we need to sacrifice ourselves in order to do more for others. And that's a direct quote from uh, Love Teach Repeat. Um, yes, we went into this profession because we care deeply about um, our kids, but that doesn't mean that we need to sacrifice ourselves in order to do more for others. And we really need to center on teachers' well-being and mental health instead of this toxic, toxic, <laughs> instead of this toxic positivity, um, momentum that we have going on. We, like, Teachers 
and admin need to mostly admin because they're the ones who are bringing this on to us. Teachers need um, mental health and um, provide us with adequate resources. It would be great if, you know, my district provided me with a therapist. That would be amazing in a perfect world. That's never going to happen. Um, But also, like... Another one I can think of is like life insurance. Um, teachers are not provided for that. But however, school shootings are going up more and more every day. Like now when we see the news of a school shooting, we don't even we're desensitized to it because we've seen it so much that it it's like at the back burner. But in reality, like Teachers are risking their lives every single day and you never know when there's going to be a school shooting and we don't have any protection of that. You know what I mean? And that's a really scary thought. That's why a lot of teachers have anxiety going into the classroom because you never know. Every day is different, but you never know if there will be a school shooting with the increases of school shootings that there are. Um and so how can we change this i know it's cheesy but it really starts with us um con nosotros todos juntos una vida you know just kidding but not kidding it really starts with us and it's super cheesy but hey eld diva here super cheesy okay i'm your cheesy gal like I'm kind of, I'm low-key lactose intolerant, but put the vegan cheese on that cheesy girl, okay? Um, we, we need a, okay, how can I put this? So, um, I feel like there's a lot of competition between teachers and, um, it breaks my heart to say this, but again, reality check. Um, we don't want to conform into that toxic positivity. I think there's a competition of teachers with like, um, oh, I'm staying after school late. So that means I'm more committed to my job than you are. And um, this has been a huge topic that I talked to um, Mr. Oreo about a lot like I'm serious like I feel like this is like a once a month topic because um it's really it's really difficult to get out of that mentality of oh I'm staying in late so that means I work a lot or oh I come in extra early that means I'm very committed to my job and that means I'm an excellent worker and you know um working hard and grabbing myself by the bootstraps or whatever whatever but in reality just because you're not leaving later than other people are that doesn't mean you're not committed to your job um go home <laughs> go home even if it's just to rewatch twitches on disney plus and yes i said twitches because it's like the best witch movie ever and it has Tia and Tamara Mori and we all know that they are queens um so yeah stop leaving um 
Ay, perdón. Stop leaving the classroom later thinking that you're like this awesome teacher because you left like three hours later than the bell rang. And that's just not true. And in reality, y'all, this might sound groundbreaking, but it really is not. Students don't want a perfect teacher. Yes, you heard that right. Students do not want a perfect teacher. They want a happy teacher. And I've experienced this like in my own um, teaching journey. Honestly, kids don't care if you're perfect. Kids actually don't want you to be perfect because they want to know that it's okay to make mistakes. I, um, I think I should make a podcast um, I was going to say video. I think I should make a podcast episode talking about this and um, not being perfect and apologizing to your students. I know a lot of teachers that don't apologize to students and think it's quote unquote weakness. But honestly, I apologize to my students all the time. Of course, when it's appropriate and they forgive me each and every time, each and every time. I'm telling you, because I am showing them that, like, you don't have to be perfect to succeed in life. And just holding them to that stigma is just going to make things worse because they're going to reach for perfection. And we all know that perfection does not exist. Um, so go home. Go home to watch Netflix. Go home to put on your favorite pair of fuzzy socks. Go home to look at your precious, precious cat. Go home to just say hi to your TV if you want to. Go home to your loved ones. Go home, make a lovely meal. Like, you do you, you know what I mean? Do what you were hired to do. I am guilty of this and I know the glamorization of like teacher life and yes there are a lot of YouTube videos that glamorize teacher life but it's more important to be vulnerable of what it is to be a teacher just like right now I'm talking about positive talks I was gonna say I was gonna say toxic masculinity but that's another topic for another day that does exist in the teaching world but toxic positively positivity um do what you were hired to do you know um you your identity is not just i'm a teacher i'm a contractor i'm a lawyer i'm a doctor um this and that you're more than just your job and honestly we need to start taking that into consideration because if your whole job consumes your life like your mental health boundaries are not there honey and we need to work on them um i also so i learned this maybe i should talk nah, i'll talk about it right now so um do what you were hired to do and I know a lot of us are saying like, you know, I need to grade, I need to do this and this and this and that, but let me tell you a secret. Are you ready? Están listos? Because this is going to blow your mind. 
Um, not everything needs to be graded, honey. Not everything needs to be graded. Okay? Stop spending hours putting comments on each and every one of your grading, whatever you're grading. Um, because students are not going to read them. Of course, if it's like a huge assignment and like a huge essay, yes, do comments on it, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like spending all of your time on grading and like doing all these comments that's, that students are just not going to read. Like I'm thinking about myself and all my friends that were in high school that like our teachers would write notes. We would get that piece of paper, look at our grade and throw it in the trash because it was already graded. Like nobody read the comments or anything. And I'm assuming that students nowadays and like just students in general are going to do the same thing. Like they're not... Just, um, there, I learned this from my professor in a grad school that not everything needs to be graded and to stop spending hours on comments that students will not read. Okay. And plus, I also want to mention that in case you haven't heard that there's a new California law that states that we cannot give grades on homework that will affect the students overall grade for example you can't um like back in the day I guess homework would be like part of the grade but now it can't be part of your grade so um that completely can eliminate homework um because you're not grading it or it can just be what homework is supposed to be for practice and not so students can get stressed out about it being perfect. I also want to mention that I saw this really funny quote that my friend posted on Instagram and it said something and I'm paraphrasing it loosely, but it said something of, oh, um, I'm a workaholic. And then it it had another person comment like, that's a weird flex. Your choice of drug is actually work. And I thought that was funny because like workaholic is like a drug and whatever, whatever. But I just thought that was funny how like people think that their work is like their drug. And it's it's a weird flex, you know, because you have to see your job for what it is a job and it shouldn't consume your whole life now segueing into um pocket full of primaries michelle's youtube video that she posted she posted a video on working contract hours only and in this video she was saying how it took her seven years to um, only work her contract hours. And I thought that was insane. Um, because like I, like I said earlier in the episode, um, it's really hard, like, it's really hard to clock in and clock out as a teacher. Um, but she gave us some tips that, um, 
I honestly gave myself without really knowing they were tips until Michelle said them. And I was like, wow, I've been doing this like the whole time. So might as well um, tell my listeners um, about this video and um, about like my thoughts on it because a lot of things that she was mentioning, well, she mentioned five important things. But the things that she mentioned, I've done when I worked like long-term assignments and I've all kind of just like naturally did them. Um, no, I'm not a Virgo. I, I feel like in another life I was, I had more Virgo in my first chart, but um, I believe the only planet or not even it's not even a planet um Chiron is my only sign in Virgo but I'm pretty organized when it comes to my job that's why when I was in long-term assignments um yeah I would work like clock in and clock out so let me tell you how so the first thing that Michelle mentions in this YouTube video she calls it power list and it makes total sense and I've been doing this for a while now but when she said it I had the epiphany like wow I've been doing this the whole time so she calls them power list and um let me just tell you that these lists are perfect for um teachers in general because we all know how like to-do lists can get overwhelming and everything but particularly teachers with ADHD um you all know I think I've mentioned it in other videos but um that I am a teacher with ADHD and um powerless can be amazing for people who have ADHD especially because basically what it is <clears throat> is a list of three to five items that um, move you closer to your overall goal. Um, so let's say you have your, let me take a sip of water. So say you have um, your long list of to-do lists, right? Your regular schmegular list of to-do lists. <clears throat> Pero con este power list, um, you only have three to five items. And for example, at the be like at the beginning of the day, you can do this at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day. I just do it at the beginning of the day because I'm a morning person and I am most productive in the morning. Do when you get into the classroom or whatever, um, is you get your to do list and you separate everything from your to do list, um, to a power list which. Uh, like I said before, three to five items that are the most important things that you need to get done today to move you closer to your overall goal. And this is kind of like baby steps. Um, with people with ADHD, this is very important because many times when we see a huge to-do list or like things that we need to get done, even if they're like mundane tasks, It'll overwhelm us and we just won't do them at all. But if we can do at least one thing to move us closer to those little things, 
it will make our lives so much easier. Like, for example, um, for uh, my classes, I have these things called discussion boards. Um, and I, like usually a neurotypical person can get them done in one day. But I'm not neurotypical and I have ADHD. So what I do is I tell myself, I look at my assignment and I'm like, oh my God, this is so much to complete, right? Like this is insane. But then I look, I closely read the directions and I'm like, okay, can I at least watch one video today and annotate the video? okay, I've watched one video that wasn't that bad. Can I watch at least two videos? Um, and then next thing you know it, I'm answering the questions and discussing with my peers. Um, so basically, it's baby steps, but a power list. So it will get you closer to your goal. And you can also do this digitally. It doesn't have to be handwritten um, piece of paper and whatnot because um, we're in 2021 you can do everything digitally and it's more equal friendly so that's the first thing you can start doing to work only your contract hours is to do a power list the other one that michelle mentioned um kind of like I already do because I get so overwhelmed with emails like I just look at them and like never answer them but um she said that um in order to work contract hours we should be responding to emails once a day and um Honestly, this can be groundbreaking because a lot of, and like notice how I said answering or responding and responding same thing um, to emails once a day. You can look at your email. Yeah, sure. Look at the email that like your principal sent you or your partner teacher sent you or whatever, but or a parent that, you know, a parent sent you Um but only respond to it once a day um because first of all you want to set that boundary of your office hours right um and you also want to stop um how do I say this um uh, with people with ADHD especially a lot of us like task switch um in between things and like doing it once a day really like helps us focus on just doing that one thing for example when I had my long-term assignments I would post on class dojo like an introduction of who I am of course like introducing them that I'm their new teacher or whatever um, but I also posted my office hours and I would say specifically, you can text me or email me between these hours only. And it's, it can get 
pretty difficult to be honest because um I've had parents like come back at me and say like hey I emailed you at 6 p.m why didn't you answer and then I politely refer them back to my office hours and back to the post that I've posted um that I only respond to emails between those hours now I've back then I would respond to email multiple times a day but now that Michelle has like said you should respond to your emails once a day that's what I'm gonna start doing I have office hours if you want to email me during those office hours go ahead um, but I won't be emailing you till the next day to prevent me from task switching the next one that she mentioned was batch switch batching <laughs> batching um and this one was a new one for me um so for example like batch grading she gave the analogy that a lot of us batch things in our everyday lives without even knowing it like for example um when you're gonna do the laundry like you just don't wait for socks you just don't wait for to wash socks you wait for like your whole basket to be full or whatever and that's called batching and what she was saying with batching is that it prevents you from task switching like i was saying earlier and it helps you focus on one thing at hand so for example for grading you would choose a day or time to get grades done um for example like high school teachers we get prep periods um so we would choose like a day or whatever time are we specifically choose for grading and um we would just focus on that one task and this also goes with like the next thing that i'm going to mention is creating a lesson plan schedule you can also batch your lesson planning like into one chunk of time so for example like when you're creating your lesson plans um a lot of what I like to do and what Michelle mentioned in her video, but I mostly do it because again, I have ADHD um, and I just have like a million tabs open in my head. What I like to do is brain dump or, you know, now I don't lesson plan, but when I was a long-term teacher, um, I would brain dump for my lesson plans. So for example, um, I would set a timer for like, let's say, okay, so you know, when you're writing an essay, you give your students like five minutes to brainstorm and write whatever they can. Well, it's kind of the same idea for lesson planning. You give yourself five to 10 minutes to write whatever is in your head and just get it out. And then um, once you're done with that, the timer beeps, beep, 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 está listo, you know, you start creating a checklist of what to do next. And um, Michelle mentioned this in the video, and I'm really glad that she did because I've been doing this for a long, long time. 
and um, basically just create the checklist that you need to do and then divide the tasks um, that you need to do into your prep time. So that's awesome. And the last one that Michelle mentioned that um, I've been doing forever because I think this is like essential for a career <laughs> is collaboration. You know, um, we need to, uh, when we're talking about collaboration, we always talk about the benefits and how students need to be collaborating and the benefits of collaboration for students. Um, but what about, and hear me out, what about collaboration with teachers? Mel ustedes bien, you heard me right, collaboration. And I know a lot of teachers are really like independent and like doing things their own way. But honey, you're you're teaching collaboration. Why don't you like put it, model it for students, you know? Um, instead of just talking about it, model it. Um, collaboration, we all know that it helps getting new ideas. Um, it helps revamp, it even helps inspire and revamp your ideas into new and better ones. Um, it can help you with like creating more engaging plans that can be more rigorous. Um, but when you're collaborating, you're You're putting a bunch of brains together, which, you know, a bunch of brains together is much better than one brain. So you can also collaborate on like due dates and um, what basically like what you're working on, like what units and stuff. Um, when I was at a Grizzly Bears, and yes, that dreaded school, when I was at Grizzly Bears, um, There was no collaboration. And let me tell you, um, my job was extremely hard because um, there was no collaboration going on. I had no direction of where to go and like nobody wanted to help me. Um, so there you have it, folks. You need to collaborate with other teachers. I know you all are independent superstars, But come on, like make your life easier and help each other out. You know what I'm saying? So um, those are basically the five things that she talks about that I've been doing for a really long time, except for like batching. Um, that one was a new one for me um, that I wanted to come come on here and say, because I think they're really important. And, you know, um, it gave me the idea of doing an episode on it and like my experiences on it and um I think that I will be doing a video <laughs> a video I will be doing an episode on what it's like teaching with ADHD because I think that's a very important thing to address um because not Not only do students have ADHD, but wow, teachers can have it too. <laughs> okay, um, so that concludes this week's episode of ELD Diva, and I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope you all are having a wonderful week. 
yes, September was really rough for me. And I'm saying it was really rough because um, I started my new master's program. Maybe I should have started with that during my achievement time. But I'm telling you now, September was a really tough month for me. Um, a lot of changes. <laughs> my Malachite's like looking at me like, yes, girl, there were a lot of changes. But, you know... I had to go with the flow. So um, I hope you all enjoyed this video. If you have, I mean, why do I keep saying that? I used to like want to do YouTube videos. Maybe that's why. But I hope you all enjoyed this podcast episode. And don't forget to email me at elddivapodcast at gmail.com if you want to give me some um topics to talk about my email is looking a little bit empty so i know none of y'all are emailing me but i know like only four of you listen to my podcast so that's okay um but thank you all for listening and i hope you have a great week okay amigos vayanse por la sombrita bye